Podcasts are pretty common. So what makes the Uncommon Podcast uncommon? Well, it's all in our name. I'm your host, Noah Weiss, and we at Uncommon Sports Group understand the unique pressures and temptations that come with a career in the sport industry. We provide uncommon training that helps you successfully navigate common challenges. Hit the follow button on this podcast. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Check out our website and become uncommon. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Uncommon Podcast. I'm your host, Noah Weiss, and I'm excited to welcome Hans Mailbranch on the show today to hear his faith journey and how he met Jesus. Hans is the Associate AD for Development and Chief Development Officer for MTSU and has previously spent time with Louisiana, Sam Houston State, the Miami Marlins, and Northern Illinois. Hans, how are you? Hey, man, what's going on? No, I'm doing great, buddy. How are you? Doing well. It's such a pleasure to have you on today, Hans. And I want to start by asking about your upbringing, Hans, and, and what vision did you have for your life growing up, and what role did faith play, if any, in the early days of your life? Yeah, man, first of all, thanks for having me on. Uh, so excited to be here. Uh, I think this is going to be great. You know, as a, as a young kid, my story was pretty similar to probably many others. I, I wanted to play ball. Yeah. Um. And I, I didn't get the chance to play. I didn't like grow up playing sports ever since I was four, you know, uh, raised by a single mom. And, and so I just didn't have all those different types of opportunities, but that's what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to graduate. Education is really important in our family. So it was like graduate and, and play ball. And at an early age, I knew that I wasn't going to like be destined to the NFL or anything like that. And mm-hmm. so as it relates to school, man, I wanted to go and be an attorney uh, and one day be an NFL agent and work in sports as an agent. Mm-hmm. That was kind of the dream growing up. And faith was not a huge uh, factor in my life early on. I was raised Catholic. Mm-hmm. Uh, my parents immigrated from Haiti and uh, from Haiti, excuse me. And Catholicism was really important. Yeah. Um, and so I was, I was. I grew up going to church, but um, I wouldn't say that faith was an important part of my my life as much as religion was. If that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely, Hans. And I appreciate you sharing that part of your story. And I think for a lot of us, that's kind of really the what starts um, of, of our, our lives is religion becomes a thing as opposed to relationship with Christ. And there's such an important difference. And Hans, share with us kind of what were some challenges in your life uh, pre-Christ that God really used to draw you near to Him? Yeah. Uh, so divorce, my, my parents got divorced, as I mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was young. I was about 11 years old. Yeah. And, and then I battled through some addiction and some abuse stuff uh, in college and, and shortly after that. But ultimately, um, none of those things happened. And like I was um, intentionally drawn closer to God. He used those uh, mm-hmm. in, in, the, in the year. I can see how those were part of the story. Right. right. Uh, but ultimately, it was about heartbreak. It was a yeah. story of heartbreak. I, I was dating a gal. Uh, for 19 months and, and we started talking about getting married and, and spending our lives together um, and then didn't work out and um, and I loved her and I had never been in love before 
Um, and I had never been that emotionally invested in another person before. Mm -hmm. And so when that didn't work out, um, there was a significant emotional void um, that I experienced that was really unique to me. Um, I had never experienced anything like that before. And it was was at that time Mm -hmm. that Christ really showed up um, to stand in in the gap there and say, hey, you don't need any other person or, or human. Mm-hmm. Uh, all you need is me. I, I am enough. I am sufficient. Um, and, and he really picked up the broken pieces of my heart and put it back together um, in a way where he was at the center of it. And, and that all started uh, in 2013. And, and my life has, has never been the same since then. Yeah, Hans, absolutely. And I appreciate you sharing that part of your testimony. I think there's in all of our lives, it really starts with going through trials and tribulations where we start to see how badly we need Christ. And I think for you, uh, it's really cool just that depiction of you don't need anybody else but Christ. Um, and I think sometimes we are dependent on the things of the world, whether it's being comfortable and uh, being in a, in a job that we want really want or having enough finances or whatever it might be. Um, but truly, the only thing we need uh, is Christ. And so I appreciate you sharing I think that really yeah. is uh, an awesome testimony, Hans. So I appreciate you sharing that. And Hans, you mentioned it a little bit, but when did you decide to follow Christ? What did that decision process look like for you? And what are some major changes you saw in your life after that? Yeah, so it was the summer of 2013. Uh, July specifically was the first time that I remember hearing the gospel, hmm. right? So um, th- this, this idea that there's a man named Jesus who, who knows me, who knows everything about me, Noah, and and loves me mm-hmm. completely in spite of knowing everything about me. Mm-hmm. Um, when, when I heard that for the first time, a guy named Bert Lyle uh, shared that truth with me in his office one day. Uh, I was in a sales role at the time, and, and I was calling on him uh, as a potential customer, and in and it was uh, his step of faithfulness in that setting yeah. where I'm here trying to, to sell him something, trying to convince him of something, trying to communicate a message to him. Mm-hmm. And he really challenged me. Yeah. Uh, and it was kind of funny uh, how it all happened. So I'll, I'll tell the story real quick. I'm in his office and, and I'm going through my deal and, and walking through my information. He said, hey, can, can I ask you a question? I said, yeah, sure. He said, um, you're, you're going to leave my office here in a little bit and you're going to be on your way home. And I'm just curious if something were to happen to you on the way home and you didn't make it home um, and, and you ended up dying, would you, would you end up in heaven? Do you think you would end up in heaven? Wow. Uh, so I'm born in New York. I, I grew up in Chicago. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm a Yankee. Uh, I'm an immigrant. I'm not from the Bible Belt. I'm living in Texas at the time, Huntsville, Texas. I'm, I'm just, I'm not from that area. No one's ever asked me a question like that before. No, mm-hmm. like I, people don't talk to me like that before. Like that totally stopped me in the tracks. But of course, my pride kicks in right away. And and I come up with something and I kind of him and haul through an answer. I'm like, I mean, you're like, yeah, like, of course. Right. And he goes, OK, you know, um, I'm sorry. What were you saying? And he kicked it back to me. And so I'm a little rattled, right? But I shake it off and I go back into my spiel. And at the end of, of our time together, I'm picking up my stuff and, and, and putting my, my pad folio away. He goes, he goes, hey, that, um, that question I asked you earlier, Noah, he said, you, you didn't seem real confident in your answer. And he said, I just wanted you to know if you ever wanted to know for sure the answer to that question, 
I would love to talk to you about that sometime. Wow. Wow. I'm like, how, how can you, how can you know for sure the answer to that question? Mm -hmm. You asked me, sir, if I were to die, would I end up in heaven? Like I'm thinking to myself, the only way you would know for sure is to die. Mm -hmm. And so again, in the moment, my ego kicks in and I'm like, oh man, thanks. You know, really appreciate it. And, uh, and, and he goes, uh, he goes, I have something for you. And he reaches down, he's got this bookshelf, right? And uh, it's only got three shelves on it. It's a real small bookshelf, but the bottom row, you look at the spines of the book, oh, there's like 15 copies of the same book. Mm -hmm. It's a book called Confident in Christ by Dr. Robert Wilkin. It's an incredible book. He, he hands that book to me. He goes, I, I want you to have this. He goes, you may never read it. You may leave my office and you may throw it in the trash on the sidewalk. You may put it in the back of your closet uh, and never crack it open. But I, I just wanted you to have this. this is just a gift from me. Yeah. And I'm like, man, this dude is so weird. And so I, I take the book and I leave and I go home and I don't know, man, probably like a week or so goes by and I don't touch the book. And then I see it on, uh, on my, on my desk in my mm -hmm. apartment and I start reading it and the things I'm reading inspire questions. So I text Bert and I call him and I, I meet him for coffee. I meet him for donuts. And, and for about five or six weeks, I'm wrestling with this gospel. I'm wrestling with these truths that, mm -hmm. that the book is bringing out. And I tell you, I have that original copy. I never made it past page 77 of that book. It's like yeah. a 200 page book. Wow. Uh, about six weeks of wrestling. I knew Noah that I, I wanted to know this man named Jesus. Mm -hmm. And I remember it's uh, August of 13. And I remember praying this very basic, very infantile prayer. My, my eyes were open and I was kind of looking up um, in my apartment uh, with my hands open. And I said something to the effect of, Jesus, I don't know if you are real, um, but if you are, man, I, I would I would love to know you. Please, please let me know you. Wow. If there is if there's truly a, 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 a God um, named Jesus who who knows everything about me and loves me anyway, like I want to know that person. Yeah. And I think e even uh, with my my so little bit of faith. Uh, probably even smaller than a mustard seed, even with my eyes wide open, even in that broken and lost and confused place. I think God heard me that day and he re restored my life that day. And he redeemed my story um, right in that moment in that apartment in Huntsville, Texas wow. in August of 2013. And it was, mm -hmm. it was at that point of faith mm -hmm. um, that he saved me yeah. for all of eternity. And, and ever since then, I've been just trying to take steps of faithfulness toward him yeah. and, and grow in a relationship with him, which was so Absolutely. much different. I'm 28 years old in August of 2013. I'm 28 years old when all this is going on. So I had nearly three decades of life mm -hmm. that I had lived in, in ways and processes that I had thought were right and good and true. Yeah. And um, right eight plus years into that, I'm learning that God's turning all that stuff upside down because God's economy and his world and his rules and his uh, ideas of what is good and right and true are a lot different than our cultures. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how it all started. Absolutely, Hans. And I think it's so cool too, just in that business conversation, right? It wasn't even about Christ. It wasn't even a 
really that type of situation, but still Bert brought that up and shared that with you. And I find that inspiring for us as Christians now uh, of how, whether it be in the sports space or another space that we're in, that bringing up the gospel is, is something we can always do. And we can always be on mission. I think that is what's so inspiring, uh, especially now that you're here and you're, you're believing in Christ and you're living for Christ in your life because of that conversation really kickstarted all of that. Um, so I think that's an awesome part of that story as well, Hans. And definitely what you mentioned too of continuing to walk faithfully with Christ in a relationship. I think what can be so hard about the Christian faith is sometimes the, it becomes so do this and, and do that, uh, and we forget that it truly is a relationship. Um, we can have a, a close, intimate, deep relationship with the living God, and that's really what uh, we, we try to do. Uh, not perfectly, but that's what we're invited to do, and I appreciate you sharing that as well. Because it, it does take steps to faithfulness, and it does take uh, growth um, with Christ as we walk. So I appreciate you sharing tremendous story and tremendous testimony, Hans. Absolutely. Yeah, man. And Hans, uh, sports have played a huge role in your life, and God has gifted you with the ability to make an impact on his kingdom through the vehicle of sports. So share with us how you started your journey in sports, and when did you begin incorporating your faith into your work? Oh, good question. Man, my journey working in sports started uh, on the campus of the University of Illinois. Mm -hmm. So I was there as an undergraduate and, um, you know, I was a pretty decent player, football player in high school. Um, I wasn't great, but I thought I was in the moment, right? And so um, the football team at Illinois was was not good my first year there. And I was like, man, you know what, I'm going to, I need to help these guys out. I'm going to walk onto the football team. And uh, man, that dream just didn't work out. Uh, I, I, I did not, uh, I didn't get that opportunity, but God used that even before I knew him again, I, I can look back in the rearview mirror of my life and see his hand working, uh, from all the way at the beginning. And, and God used that despite my frustration and the bruise to my ego, um, that really opened up my eyes, Noah, to what I call this business of sports, right? Yeah. There are all of these people working behind the scenes um, to make a football team or a football game happen yeah. as an athlete, um, as a student athlete, like I just, you just roll in on, on Saturday. And I just thought that, you know, people showed up because it's September and it's Saturday. And like, that's what you do. That's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. I had no idea that there was an entire marketing department and ticket sales department that meet in March and April, right? Months before the season even started putting together um, strategies and ideas and collateral to uh, sell season tickets to people to try to uh, raise their awareness of new seating options, right? Mm -hmm. Or uh, to get them to upgrade their seats. Um, I I didn't know all of that strategy was going on. I didn't know there were people like me who work in development, who are uh, intentionally and purposefully raising money for scholarships for student athletes, right? Like I, I didn't understand how the business worked. And as a manager, which I did that for three and a half years. Yeah. I got to see all of that. I was spending time in the athletic department. I was spending time in the, in the football ops building. And I'm seeing all of these people like, Hey, what do you do? Huh? Didn't realize that was a job. What, wait, so what do you really, what, it, what is that? What does that entail? And I would just ask people questions yeah. and, you know, compliance, right. And, and academic support and sports information and like all of these things that, I, you know, I just thought happened. It's like, no, people are, this is their livelihood. This is their career that, yeah. and wait, I can do this. I can, I can be paid to, to work in sports. I can make a career 
of working in sports and be paid to uh, have sideline passes and locker room access, right? Like, and again, that's not what it's about, but like people get paid to do that, right? I'm here in Dallas. We're taping this. I'm in a hotel in Dallas because our men's and women's basketball teams are here competing for uh, a spot to go dancing. And like, there's a whole staff, a whole slew of, of staff members here. Yeah supporting this team absolutely right That's supporting awesome. these young men and women yeah and they're out there just trying to put it all out on the on the field and on the court and and give their best effort and mm-hmm. there's people working behind the scenes their director of basketball operations right Who who's making sure that there's food on the on the table in the conference yeah. room when they go down there and so yeah that experience not playing football not walking on um but getting an opportunity to work as a manager, I'm like, wow, okay, I can make a yeah. life of this. And so I told you earlier, I wanted to be an attorney. So at that time I was pre-law psychology major, changed my major to sport management mm-hmm. and, and started taking classes. Um, and then obviously working as a manager yeah. and, and that's how it all started. Wow. And then I graduated, I, I did some stuff, some internships and things um, in Illinois. I worked yeah. in the Arena Football League. If, wow. If you know what that is. I do, uh, yeah. For two seasons. And then I moved to South Florida, and uh, I enrolled at St. Thomas University. St. Thomas has got a really unique program. They're the first sport, ma- sport management program, uh, and they have a master's uh, or an MBA track that you can do, and all the classes are offered at night. Wow. Well, why is that important? Because I wanted to work. I wanted to get experience. Like I wanted to touch everything. Yeah. I was able to earn my MBA at, at St. Thomas. Wow. And, and now I'm in, I'm living in Miami. I'm living in South Florida, which is like the Mecca of all things sports. Right. Mm-hmm. And so in my three semesters, year and a half pursuing my degree, I got experience with the PGA tour at the Doral. I got experience wow. with NASCAR, at the uh, Homestead Miami motor speedway. I got experience with a uh, high level high school athletics. I got experience wow. with the Orange Bowl committee. I got experience with the Miami Dolphins, with the Miami Marlins, with Florida Atlantic University. Wow. Man, I got to do everything. Wow. I got I got experience in tickets and marketing and logistics and, and corporate partnerships. And I got to do everything. And like, wow. I just fully immersed myself in the business of sports. Um, and it really helped me understand not only what I liked um, and, and where my skill sets uh, I could really leverage and, and be great, but also things that I didn't like and, and yeah. wasn't so good at. Um, and, and it was ultimately through an experience with the Miami Marlins where I was like, man, corporate partnership development uh, is right up my alley. Wow. And and now, you know, I'm doing a version of that here today. Yeah. Uh, and as far as how and when I began incorporating my faith into the work, August of 2013. Yeah. Right. R- right after I got saved, um, Bert, that same guy who shared the gospel with me, that mm-hmm. same guy who was faithful and patient to answer my questions yeah. and point me back to uh, the word when uh, he didn't know the answers to my mm-hmm. questions. Yeah, He took me under his wing and he discipled me wow. and he taught me how to pursue a relationship with mm-hmm. Jesus. And ultimately, the point is, is that that would become who you are. Yeah. And it would become a a lifestyle, yeah, absolutely. not just a thing you do on Sunday mornings from nine to ten fifty, mm-hmm. uh, not just a thing you do um, once a week at yeah. your Bible study, but it, it would become who you are as you 
become more and more conformed to the image of Jesus, that you would look, that you would think, that you would act, that you would behave, that you would speak in a way that reflected him. Yeah all day, every day. Absolutely. Right. So August, 2013, I did that in my work very imperfectly because I had no idea what I was doing, (laughs) but it started then and just has evolved ever since. Absolutely, Hans. And I really appreciate you sharing too, that the aspect of your career in which you tried so many different avenues of the sport industry, because there are so many careers. Sometimes it can be just so mind boggling to be like, you know, where am I gifted? Where does, where's God calling me to be? Uh, And I really greatly appreciate you sharing that, that part of your journey, because it is important to try different aspects of the industry. And obviously through that, you really found a spot where you fit well and are able to serve God faithfully um, and enjoy your work through that. And I, I also appreciate too, just your passion uh, for sports and you're sharing that as well of just how you were mesmerized by this business side of sports that, that exists. And I think that's so cool as well. And for our listeners that desire that same thing, that it really is important um, and the work really does matter. And secondly, Hans, I think it is just so cool too that uh, you just mentioned that reality of living a life uh, that reflects Jesus. Uh, it's imperfect. It's not always you know, right exactly the way we should, and we're learning through those mistakes. But um, I think for our listeners, just remembering that you don't leave uh, your walk with Christ you know, at the door as you walk into the business office or into the stadium or whatever it is. Um, you carry that with you no matter where you are. Um, and we're always on mission. We're always called to be uh, serving Christ faithfully. So I do appreciate that imagery as well. I think it really is a helpful thing to really think through um, as we continue to walk in the sports world. That's awesome, Hans. I appreciate you sharing. And Hans, a lot of our members face unique pressures, challenges, and temptations while working in sports that are very unique to really what other jobs face. And I'm sure you've faced some of those similar pressures, temptations, and challenges. Uh, So share with us, what are some pressures and temptations that you have faced in the sport industry and how you have overcame those? You know, I, for a long time, Noah, I, um, I was convinced and I say a long time, like it, it was so far in the past, it still creeps up on me every once in a while still today that I'm facing stuff that is unique to me. Yeah. And I think between my flesh and, and the enemy, um, the voices in my head sometimes try to convince me like, dude, no one's going to understand. Don't, don't share that with Noah. He's going to judge you. He's not even going to understand, right? Don't share that with, with the Lord. Like he's not, and that's just not true, man. Yeah. Right. So the, the Bible tells us in, in first Corinthians that no temptation has overtaken you. That's not common to man. Mm-hmm. Hans, everything you face, everything that has tried you, everything that has yeah. discouraged you, everything that has frustrated you, every temptation that you have battled, every temptation that you have succumbed to, yeah. It's not unique to you. Yeah. It's not unique to this industry. It just takes a different form. Yeah. And yeah. and that that passage goes on to tell us that God he gives us a way of escape. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that we're able to endure. Right? So whatever it is I'm facing and and whoever's listening to this whether you work in sports or real estate or finance or law or whatever you're not facing anything unique to you that somebody else in the world isn't facing or hasn't yeah. faced at some point in history, yeah. right? Solomon tells us that there's nothing new under the sun, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Satan wants you to think that no one will understand. Yeah. Satan wants you to think that Jesus will not understand, mm. but that's just not true, 
right? And so I say all that to say, man, what have I faced? Lots of different things. I think the, the one thing that comes to mind first is that temptation of um, that pressure of comparison. Yeah. Big one. That pressure of comparison, right? And, and, and it started early, right? When I, uh, when I changed majors and when I graduated in, in, uh, from Illinois in 08, yeah. my friends who had graduated at the same time Man, some of them were living in high-rise condos in in downtown Chicago, and and they were making good money, and and I was working unpaid internships. Yeah, you know. And then when I got into the my first gig with the Arena League, um, I was I was on stipend. I got five hundred dollars a month and free housing and free food. Well, the housing was a room in a Ramada Inn in Peoria, Illinois, yeah. uh, right next to the pool though. So that was pretty cool. Nice. And, um, and the free food was vouchers to a local buffet. Um, that was one of our corporate partners. Wow. Right. So I'm living in a hotel, I'm eating at a buffet. Oh gosh. I don't know, seven, 12 times a week. And, um, and I'm making 500 bucks a month. Right. So imagine, and you know, Facebook and, and, and all that sort of stuff was uh, real alive and well in my life at that time. And so I'd get online and I would scroll and, and I would see the lives that my friends were living, the lives that my friends were leading, the, the trips that they were taking, the stuff that they were posting. I wasn't posting any selfies from the Ramada Inn and I was embarrassed. Yeah. And then like, even later on in life, uh, in my career, just thinking that, man, I'm not, I'm not as far enough along in my mm. career as somebody else. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm X age and I only have Y title, but so-and-so they're X minus five age and they have Y plus four title. And it's like, man, I, I wish I had this and I wish I was here. And, and, and why am I working at this school? This is a small school. I need to be at Texas or at Notre Dame or at USC. And like that temptation to compare myself, yeah. whatever I'm doing, wherever I'm working, whatever my title, however much I'm making, I can always identify, I'm really gifted in identifying people who are doing better than me, Noah. Yeah. It's, it's real easy for me. So that is something that has, has always been uh, a temptation and a pressure, not unique to me and not unique to mm. this industry. Um, but again, God gives us a way of escape. Absolutely. Yeah, God gives us a way absolutely. of escape. Absolutely. I really appreciate you sharing too, because that's, it's such a tough challenge in life. Uh, like you said, I mean, our generation faces a unique thing of having social media um, and having this access to see what everybody else is doing. And I always tell people social media is a highlight reel. Uh, it, it doesn't depict the true trials, tribulations that people are going through. Um, and so to be cognizant of that, but also comparison is a thief of joy. Um, and yeah. that, that really is the truth. Um, and sometimes we can look at other people's lives and be, man, like, what if, or, or what if I had that girl? What if I had that job? What if I lived there? What if I was, like you said, working at the USC and your Notre Dames and those type of, of places? But the reality is, is that sometimes God puts us in positions to challenge us, to grow us. Uh, I was reading yesterday uh, the book of Exodus and, and really seeing how God tested the Israelites to see, you know, hey, you can only collect the manna uh, once per day, and you can't save it for overnight. If you do, it will spoil. Uh, and they still didn't trust him, and they just did their own thing and saved it for yeah. over the night. And sometimes we do that, where God will put us in a place where maybe we're not satisfied or full, 
uh, and we try to get more out of it. And I think, yeah. especially working in sports, we need to be just confident in where God has us, that he wants to use us, maybe at a smaller school, or maybe in a job that makes less money, or maybe in the Ramada Inn, where it's not, it's not bougie or fancy, but it's where he wants us to challenge us, to trust in him above all else. So I appreciate you sharing that challenge, because it is something that we all face, as well as the point about the Corinthians verse of, there's a way out. Um, and it's not uncommon to face um, the, the challenges that we as human beings all face. So I love that, Hans, and I really appreciate you sharing. It's awesome stuff. Yeah, man. Absolutely. And Hans, lastly, what is one piece of advice that you would give a young professional who is desiring to follow Christ while working in sports? Mm, 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 mm. Good question. Oh, my, my advice is to do exactly that. Yeah. Right? To, to, to follow. And if you have a desire to follow Christ, Dot, 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 while working in sports, then do that. Follow Christ. And if the result of that is you uh, build a long career in sports, then that's awesome. Yeah, You're exactly where he wants you to be. You're living in the will of God, and you are going to benefit greatly from that. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you desire to follow Christ and you desire to work in sports, but Christ's plan for you is not working in sports, there's going to be a friction point. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you're going to have to choose, uh, do I desire more to follow Christ or to work in sports? Yeah. Right. And I would encourage you, if you find yourself there, uh, don't be ashamed about it. Right. But um, to allow that, encourage you, um, because God is sovereign in all things. Yeah. And he, man, he's got it under control. Mm -hmm. Right. And, And it goes back to that comparison thing, because. Um, I can make more money working in a different industry. Yeah. yeah. I can get more time off working in a different industry. Yeah. I can have more freedom in my nights and weekends working in a different industry. Okay. Yeah. But God, I believe wants me here now, maybe not forever. Mm-hmm. Maybe not forever. Yeah. I may not retire working in sports. Yeah. But I, I feel very confident, though, that God wants me here now. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, you know, to anyone out there who desires to follow Christ, um, do that. Yeah. Do that. And as long as he has you in the industry, whether it's for another second or another decade, follow Christ while working in sports and, and, and live out your faith every single day, going back to the beginning of our conversation, live out your faith when you're at the grocery store, live out your faith when you're at the bank, live out yeah. your faith when you're at the office, live out your faith when you're in the locker room, live out the faith when you're with student athletes or when you're with mm-hmm. donors or when you're with teammates, yeah. colleagues, whomever. Yeah. And if the focus is on Jesus, right? So here we go. My favorite, um, my favorite, story in all of scripture Mm -hmm. is when Peter walks on water. Yeah. Love that. The reason that one is my favorite is because Peter, I I can relate a lot to Peter for Mm -hmm. a variety of reasons, but in this particular story, I'm reminded that Peter is 100% man and 0% God. Right. So when he looks off into the distance and he sees Jesus standing on the water, like, okay, that's kind of weird, but at the same time, he's God. So like, I get it. Mm-hmm. But Jesus then steps out of the boat, right? And if you remember the context of the story, he's in the boat 
with some disciples. John and, and some other guys are with him. I think Matthew is there with him. And if you if you put yourself in the in the shoes of, of John or Luke, and you see Peter, right? He puts one foot on the edge and, and he's getting ready. And you're like, dude, what are you doing? Where are you going? Like, like come back, like sit down. Like, this is crazy. Like the storm, you're going to get knocked over into the water. Like, these are disciples. These are guys who love the Lord, who, mm-hmm. who who love the Lord, who are following Him. Yeah, these are these are solid men of God, and they are calling Him back into the boat. I presume. Yeah, the Bible doesn't tell us, but I just presume that they are, because mm-hmm. that's what logic would dictate. And then Peter says, "Guys, my eyes are fixed on Jesus. Mm-hmm. Wow. I hear Him calling me." And even though you guys are great men of faith, and even though you guys, I love you like brothers, and even though you, we, we've been through stuff together, and we've done uh, missions work together, and we've traveled together, and we've evangelized together, and, and we feed the 5,000 together, and I'm picking Jesus over you. I'm picking Jesus over the comfort of being in the boat. I'm picking Jesus yeah. over my fear that I'm going to step out here and I'm going to drown. Yeah. My eyes are so affixed on him and I'm so committed to following him that I'm going to go out on the water even though you think I should be in the boat. Yeah. Absolutely. I think I should be in the boat too. Yeah. I don't want to step out there. I yeah. presume is what Peter's thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Right? But he's so transfixed on his savior mm-hmm. and on being obedient that he steps out yeah. and he walks on water and he stands on the surface of the water just as Jesus did and it wasn't until he looked away it wasn't until he got distracted by the wind mm-hmm. and the rain it wasn't until his culture right his environment his surroundings yeah. became more important and became more in focus than the lord that he started drowning yeah absolutely and he was absolutely. all in on Jesus he was able to do incredible things yeah we forget that peter he uh he made the lame man walk and, and he even rose yeah. someone from the dead yeah. peter did that just a regular guy Noah, you're a regular guy yeah. hans is a regular guy we are regular people who can do irregular and supernatural things when we're focused on jesus and yeah. so i say all that to say if jesus wants hans in sports and i am pursuing jesus i will be in sports mm-hmm. but if i'm pursuing jesus and he wants me in real estate guess what you're gonna find hans in real estate yeah, I love that. I love that. Absolutely, Hans. And I think that's just such a great depiction of that story and how it relates to us is, man, I, th- I think there's so many distractions uh, in this world. And again, I go back to the, my point of, of the internet, social media. I mean, there are so many voices telling us who to be and how to be and how to live. Uh, and that's just, so, it's, 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 a, it's a distraction away from our focus being on Christ. And so I love uh, just that picture of submitting to Christ and having humility to say, you know what, if it's not sports, as as badly as my flesh desires, I'll do whatever you ask me to do. Uh, and I think mm-hmm. that's powerful. And, and I've seen that story work out for so many people. And I think for me, I relate to that story because that's exactly what the Lord did for me. And I think, just a short, I won't give my whole testimony, but a short blip of that is I was a manager at Butler for four years. I loved it. I love basketball. I love the game. I love helping out. Kind of what you mentioned earlier, that just being involved in that is, is so is so fun. Uh, and I did two internships with the Colts. 
I love that. It was great being a part of that organization and seeing the pro side of things. And I had it fixed in my mind that I was going to be in the NFL. I was going to be in operations. It wasn't a question. It was just a question of when for me. Uh, and the Lord called me into ministry. And it was yeah. a tough decision that my parents weren't on board with, that my friends were confused by. And I wasn't sure where I was going to be or what I was going to do, but it ended up obviously here at USG. And, and everything's worked out great. And in fact, it's, it's better than it would be if I didn't live in obedience. I'm not here to, to brag about myself, but the reality is it's that that's all the work of Christ in my life. And if we have that yeah. level of obedience, kind of as you mentioned with that story of Peter, um, and keep our eyes fixed on him, uh, things will work out for his glory, and, and there's nothing more important than that. So I appreciate it, Hans. It's great advice and a great yeah. word. Absolutely. Yeah, and Hans, thanks for being on the show today. It's a pleasure to hear your story, and we wish you well as you continue serving the Lord and your student-athletes at MTSU. No, thank you, man. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Let's do it again sometime. Absolutely, brother. If you want to get involved with Uncommon Sports Group and the mission that we are on to help you navigate the sport industry as followers of Christ, apply for our academy on our website at uncommonsg.org. That's uncommonsg.org. Org. Be sure to catch new episodes of the Uncommon Podcast every Thursday at midnight Eastern Time, as well as the full video episodes on our YouTube channel. Until next time, we pray that you will strive to be uncommon by glorifying the name of God in whatever you may do. See you next week.